Luke chapter 15. Thank you, Brother Gary, for filling in. If anybody says something, I'll make them do it next. That's a, that's agreement, right? Yeah, amen. I'll get Brother Adams up here. Brother Adams, you led the song service at your church for years, didn't you, brother? You shouldn't have never told me that, brother. <laughs> amen. We have, a, we have a rotation we do out here uh, whenever Hank's not able to do it. Hank's on vacation at a family reunion. We, we get Brother Ronnie rotates out. Brother Gary rotates out. God bless you men for willing to step up and help me out because uh, it's, it's a real blessing. I promise you. Real, real blessing. All right, Luke chapter 15. We're going to be there at verse 11. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. This is the parable of the prodigal son told by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he said, Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, Give me the portion of goods that follow to me. And he, the father, divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray and thank you for being a good father, Lord. And Lord, as we go through this story, Lord, I pray, Father, that you'll show us your, your character, Lord God. Show us how good a father you are, Lord God. Help us as fathers to... To follow your example, Lord God, and help us as Christians, Lord, to recognize that you are this kind of Father. And, Lord, what we can expect out of you. And, Lord, we thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy, Lord. And I pray that there's somebody, in the sound of my voice, that's never took, made a decision for Jesus Christ. They don't know if they are saved or not, Lord God. I pray as we give this invitation at the end of these services, they'll come on down and get saved. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. I want to preach on a good father. What makes, what makes a good father? What makes a good father? Well, I'm here to tell you, first off, what makes a good father is look at everything God does. He's the best father you could ever have. God the Father is the best father to ever have. And this story here, Jesus Christ is going to use this story to show you how the Father looks at us as Christians, looks at us and how he looks at man and women as he looks at, the, at mankind. This is how the Father looks at them. And notice, if you ever notice Jesus Christ, when you go through the, story, the Gospels of Jesus Christ, he always refers to God as the Father. Your Father, your Heavenly Father, your Father, the Father. He always looks at God as a Father. Now, if you're not a Christian in here and you're not law, if you're not saved, you're not a born-again Christian, you, you have no right to call God your Father. He's just God to you. You only become, God only becomes your father when you're born again into the family of God. Got that? Otherwise, you've got you to take Jesus Christ your Lord, as your Lord and Savior. And according to John chapter 3, Jesus Christ says, you must be born again. And then you're born again, and you become part of the family of God. If you're not part of the family of God, then you're outside of the family of God. Here, this here is showing you how a family's set up. And here the son, the young man, comes and says, Dad, I want all that belongs to me. I know I have an inheritance coming. I want everything coming to me. I'm getting tired of being at home. I don't like living around here. I don't like my brother. I don't like looking at you. I don't like looking at mama. I don't like working out here in the fields. I want to go live it up. I want to go live in life. He must have been hearing the stories from the big city. And that's the dangers of uh, the internet, 
Cell phones, is that our kids and even us as young men and women, we can pick up a cell phone and we can look at what's going on all over the world, what's going on all over the world. But the danger of that is it never shows you the end. It never shows you the end. Uh, I, I used to always hammer and kick, kick, kick uh, Budweiser, Bud Light, Miller Light, all these beer commercials. They show them, they have some guys in a bit, real buffed up guy with his shirt off playing volleyball and some beautiful woman in a bikini playing volleyball. And they're living, the, it's Miller time, and they're living it up. And man, man, it looks great on the commercials, doesn't it? You're like, man, that's what I want. I want to be around beautiful people drinking beer. They don't ever show them hugging the commode. Ugh, ugh. The, the, morning, the morning after, amen? That's how it ends. You drinkers know exactly what I'm talking about. That's how it ends. First sign of a good father is shown there in verse 12. And the younger, the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. First sign of a good father is a good father realizes real love is found in free will. A good father realizes that real love is found in free will. In other words, if you love somebody, you've got to let them go. Uh, why you know God really loves us is because he gave us a free will. What does that mean? That means that God, being our creator, could have created us to do nothing but love him without the free will. He could have made us robots where all we could do is love, and we, he would, but he would never know if it was real love, amen? You never know if it's real love if you got them captured and you don't give them a choice to choose. But real love is found is when you give them that free will. You give them the choice to say, you can stay with me or you can leave and give them that free choice. And a good father realizes that. Man, guys, we can raise our kids right, we can do what's right, but we know there comes a time, and we take control of our kids, right? But there comes a time when they get old enough where they're responsible enough and they're about to move out of the house, and what they do when they leave, you cannot control. Amen. <laughs> you know that. And we, we want to we control them, right? And that's the hardest part of being a dad is you want to make all those tough decisions for them, and you can't do that. You gotta let them go. You gotta let them make their own decisions. Make, let them make their own if, if they're good or bad, right? If the decision is good or bad, you gotta let them go. And this young man here, he makes a bad decision. Amen. He decides to take all his money. What's he gonna do with it? He's gonna go party it up. Verse thirteen. And not many days after, the younger son he gathered it all together and he took off and took his journey to a far country. He wants to be as far away from mom and dad as he can get. You ever heard that one before? Yeah, when I graduate, I'm going to go as far away. They might go to Kansas or out of state. I'm going to get as far away, and then they come right on back, don't they? Amen? Praise God, they do. But the point is, he took his journey afar, and it doesn't matter, Pats and Gary, right? It doesn't matter how old they get. Sometimes they'll go up. They'll get away from you. Way, way up. And it doesn't matter how old your kids get. Your kids could be 60 years old. They're still your kids, amen? That's amen. It don't matter. And I know, uh, I, know that to be, I know that to be true. It don't matter if they're 8 or 80. They're still your kids. And you still look at them as kids. You still want to take care of them. That's a good father. A good father does that. And it says, verse 14, when he had spent all, oh, here we go. He runs out of money. There arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Uh-oh, he runs out all of his money. There's, there's, there's a famine in the land. There's a recession Verse 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent, he, the citizen, sent him into his fields to feed swine. 
There is nothing lower to a Jew than to feed hogs. Hogs are filthy animals to a Jew. They're not allowed to eat them. They're not allowed to be around them. And for a Jew to get to the bottom of the barrel is to go out and to feed hogs. There's not a worse job for a Jew to have. And that's what he had to go do to survive. And look, and he would fain, verse 16, he would, have, would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. He was willing to eat what he was slopping the hogs with. That's how bad it had gotten. Man, he was living it up. It says he was living righteously. He was living it up. He had a woman on each arm. He, hey, a round of beers on me. Let's live it up. Let's party. Man, he was spending the money. He was driving the fanciest chariots. He had it all. And then the money dried up and all the friends dried up. The Bible tells us that in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 19. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it for you. Wealth maketh many friends. Wealth maketh many friends. The richer you are, the more friends you're going to have. You ever seen a guy, and we've all been there. One time we were, at, uh, we were down at uh, Ozark, Ozark Springs there in Arkansas. We was on that train, and we got out of the train, and there was this beautiful woman there. She had, the, she had a little sunflower hat, young. She was young. She was beautiful. And she, she had her boyfriend there, and her boyfriend was ugly as a mud fence. <laughs> and she's sitting there like this, and he's taking pictures of her. You know, with this phone and everything. And me and a guy were over there standing there because they made us get out of the train because they're about to send the train back down the line. We're sending it over there. And I, I turned, to, turned to Kathy and I said, he has to be a doctor. <laughs> Just like that. I said, he has to be a doctor. And the, and the guy and the lady behind me heard me say that and he said, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. He has to be rich, Amen. When you're rich, you got all the friends, you got all the women, you got everything you want. But man, when you get poor, when you lose it all, all the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? When you're rich, you got all the friends you want. This is Proverbs 19 I'm reading. You have all the friends you want, but when you get poor, you lose all your money. Man, the, the poor, they're running after their friends. The Bible says, he pursueth them with words, yet they are wanting to him. Hey, hey, where are you going, man? Where are you going? They don't want Because you know why your friends run from you? They think you're going to borrow money from them when you're poor. That's how it goes. He and no man gave unto him. This is Luke chapter 15, verse 16. And no man, the end of verse 16, and no man gave unto him. Nobody was taking care of him. You young people in here, listen to me, man. Listen to me really well. When you have money and you're willing to spend the money, you'll be amazed at how all your friends are like, oh, yeah, we're best friends. But, boy, when you, get in, when you get into trouble, when you get to wanting, when you really need help, you're going to find out who your real friends are. And some of you young, you older people here, I've went through a divorce. And when you go through a divorce, you'll find out who your real friends are. They'll separate out. You'll find out. You know, praise God for that. I'd rather know who my real friends are than to have somebody I think is my friend and then they stab me in the back, you know. That's how I feel about it. Y'all might, might be a little bit different. I don't have to have a lot of friends. I love having friends. I love having my family here at the church. But, man, I, 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 what I learned is the more people that are around you is more people that are there to disappoint you and to hurt you, stab you in the back. This guy, he ran out. Nobody was helping him. No man gave unto him. Verse 17, here's his idea. And when he came to himself... He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare and to spare, and I perish with hunger? 
It says he came to himself. He got in his right mind. He, he came to himself. He said, what am I doing here feeding the hogs, slopping hogs? Well, my dad, my daddy, back on the farm, he takes care of his servants so well, well they have all the food they can want and more. I could just go back and be a servant. This is another great sign of a good father. Another great sign of a good father, he's generous to everyone. A good father is generous to everyone. A good father is not only generous to his kids, but he's generous to everyone. Our Father in heaven, it says he lets it rain on the just and the unjust. Amen? Our Father in heaven, Jesus Christ says, your Father in heaven, he loves his enemies. Therefore, you need to love your enemies. Aren't you glad God loves his enemies? Jesus was sent to us while we were yet enemies, he died for us. Amen? The Bible says while we were yet enemies, he died for us. You got to realize Jesus was dying for us while we were lost, while we were sinners, while we were no good. He died for us. He loved us. That's a sign of a good father. He says, I'm not only generous to my family, I'm generous to those people who are outside of my family. And that's what he's showing. That's a sign of a good father. And this young man, he comes to himself. He says, man, there's bread enough in despair. Verse 18, I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. That's the right attitude to have. See, when you sin, when you do something wrong, you're not just doing something wrong against the family. You're doing something wrong against God the Father up in heaven. So when you're repenting of your sins, when you know you've done something wrong, you need to say, Lord, I'm sorry I did it to you. I embarrassed you, and I embarrassed my family. I embarrassed Christian. I embarrassed my church, or whatever it is. But you need to recognize in the end, Father, I sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He said, man, I could go back. I can head back to the house. And when I get back to the house, I'll just tell Dad, Dad, I know I've shamed you. I know I've embarrassed the family. But you don't even have to, I don't even have to be a son. Just let me live in the servant quarters because I know you're a, good, you're a good man and you'll take, you take care of your servants. And I, just me being a servant is a hundred times better than me feeding these swine, feeding these hogs as your son out here. That's a great repentance that young man has there. Verse 20, and it says he arose. Don't you know when he got up, He's out there feeding the swine, feeding the hogs. Don't you know he got up and he said, you know what, boys, I've had enough of this. I'm heading home. Don't you know his few friends that were there, the one that was letting him uh, slop the hogs, don't he, you know, you better not go home. Man, your daddy's not going to want you home. You better not go home. You're making a big mistake. And no, no, man, if you knew my dad, I think he'll let, at least let me be a servant. Man, you, there's no way I'd go back and show my face to my dad. Don't you know that they harassed him when he got up and started making fun of him and mocking him as he started back? And listen to me. When he left his father's house, he was richy rich. You old-timers will know who I'm talking about. He was richy rich. He left the house. He had the nicest clothes. His, he was shaved. He was beautiful. He had the look of a youth on him. And when he's coming back down that road, he looks like a bum. He's got a beard. His clothes have all swine slop all over him. He looks like a bum. He looks homeless when he comes back home. He, he left a young man. He's coming back an old man. Ragged and worn and beat down, hair sticking up in every place as he walks down that old dirt road trying to get back home. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. 
when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. A good sign, a great sign of a good father is he never forgets his kids. See, the son had left and forgotten all about the daddy. I want to get as far away. I'm going to a far country. Get away from you and mom. I don't want to have nothing. To, I'm tired of this living. I'm tired of going to church. I'm tired of y'all's religion. I'm tired of the way y'all control me. I'm living. I'm out of here. Just give me what belongs to me. And he wanted to go to a far country. But the daddy never forgot him. And he was afar off, a great way off, his father saw him. The father was looking down the road, looking for his son. Don't you know that? How many nights did that dad wake up and the, the mom wake up in the middle of the night and she look up and there's her husband sitting out the window, looking out the window. I said, honey, why don't you come on to bed? It's kind of late. Oh, I'm just worrying about, old, about our son. Wondering where he's at. Wondering what he's doing. Just can't sleep very well tonight. Got, got him on my mind. Got him on my heart. How many tears were shed for that boy? How many prayers were sent up for that boy? As the boy was out living the high life. The father never forgot him. The father was looking for him. It says he was a great way off when the father saw him. The father was looking for him. The father was looking. Could it be? Could it be? It can't be my son. That's an old man coming up that road. That looks like a homeless man walking up that road right there. But it, it kind of looks like it could be him looking for him. A good father's always looking for him. Some of y'all had good fathers growing up. Praise God for that. You had good fathers that loved you. And no matter how, what kind of mistakes you made, they took you back in. They took care of you. They welcomed you back. They always were praying for you. How many of y'all in here had good fathers praying for you? Amen. I had no father. And it took me becoming a Christian to understand what a good father was. Seeing these verses in here and understanding how good a good father is. Looking a far way off. Great way off his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. A good father never stops loving his kids. Praise God for that. A good father never stops loving his kids. Says he had compassion. Compassion is a love mixed with pity and sorrow. It's compassion. He sees his son coming way down off the road and he says, My son, he's, he's beat down. He's, he's poor. He looks homeless. He's in rags. It's my son. And he runs. And he runs off to him. And he's going to start yelling at him and saying, Why'd you do this to me? Why'd you embarrass him? No, that's not what he does. He runs to him with compassion. Runs to him. You see that in there? And he grabs him and kisses him. And hugs him. The father saw him and had compassion. A good father never loses a love for their kids. Never loses the love for it. Has compassion. In Psalm 78, it reminds me of these verses in Psalm 78. I'm going to read them to you. You're welcome to turn there. I'm going to read a couple of verses out of Psalm 78 about compassion, about God's compassion for His people. It says in verse 38, He says, But He, being talking about God, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity. 
God, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. Why did he turn his anger away? Why did he not destroy them? Why did he have compassion on them? It says in verse 39, For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. See, when you're a father, you start realizing, the first thing I realize as a father is how delicate life is. The first thing I realized as a father when my son was born was how delicate life is. Because for the first time in my life, I felt like, you know, when I was young, I was Superman. It didn't matter. I felt like I could take a bullet. But when that baby was laying there in that crib and my whole life was wrapped around in that little precious baby, life became very precious to me. I would get up in the middle of the night, get up and walk over there and say, is he still breathing? Because it was so still. My life was everything. And God says there in Psalm 78, I had compassion on them because I realized they're just flesh. And we realize with our kids that we have compassion on them and said, you know what, son, you know what, daughter, I've been right where you're at. I know what you're going through. Come on home. It says in Luke chapter 15, he had compassion on them. The father never loses the son and ran and ran and ran. It's quick to forgive. See that? And ran. It's quick to forgive. Do you know if you were to be if you're not right with God this morning and you need to get right with God the Father this morning and you decide I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a uh, I'm gonna come on down to the altar when the preacher gives the invitation, if you decide to make a make that decision and come on down to the altar, God could be on the other side of the universe and he would beat you down here to meet you at this altar. Amen, he would. That's the kind of God we have. That's the kind of father he is. If he knows that you're trying to get right with him, he'll run to you to make it right. Wherever you're at in this world, wherever you're at in this life, you could be in a bar, you could be down in a ditch, you could be in a prison, you could be in a dungeon. God will meet you there if you want to get right with him. He'll run. And this father here, he ran. And what did he do? He fell on his neck and he kissed him. You know what I thought was interesting about that? All his servants are around. Everybody's watching him. And he runs and he grabs this poor beggar of a man and hugs him and kisses him. This is a man that stinks. Think about how he must have smelt slopping hogs. How he must have looked raggedy, hair sticking up everywhere. A good father loves his kids and is not ashamed to show the love publicly. I think it's important to recognize that. He wanted everyone to know that he loved him. He was unashamed of his love. This dirty, stinky, washed up bum walks up and this father runs out and said, This is my son. And hugs and kisses him. What kind of love is that? That's a love a lot of us in here don't have. Amen? That's the kind of love that God the Father has. I'm going to read something else to you, verse 20. Let's read this again. I want us to think about it. I want you to meditate on this. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, 
His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. What if that son got up and said, I'm going back home. I've come to my senses. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against my father. I've embarrassed the family. I'm going back home. I could at least be a servant in my father's house. I'm going back to see my family. I'm going back home. And what if that, old, what if that young man had walked that road and walked all those miles back home and walked down that dusty road and got down there and the father was gone? See, the great beauty of this story is that the father was there, waiting. A good father always has a home for his kids to come home to, amen? What if the son had come home and the father was gone? Let me, let me, let me, make you, let me ask you to meditate on this. What if the son had come home and the father had took his living and went and lived it up righteously and had lost everything? Well, if he had come home and the house is sold and there's another family that lived in there, and he's like, we're so so-and-so. Oh, well, he, he, he ran into hard times. He started living it up and ran out of money. And where's he at? He's down there at the mission. So he goes and finds his daddy down at the missions. He goes down there and says, Dad, what happened? He said, Son, I was living the high life, and then everything fell apart. Hey, can I bum a cigarette? You know, I hate to say this, but there's a lot of parents in the world just like that that live off their kids like that. That live off their kids. Brothers and sisters, as a mother, I preached on this some on Mother's Day. I'm preaching this on Father's Day. As good mothers and fathers, we need to be responsible. We need to show the way we're supposed to live so when our kids get ready to get right, get ready to come home, get ready to get right with God, you know where they'll find us? They'll find us at home. They'll find us in church. They'll find us reading our Bible. They'll find us doing those things that God wants us to do. We are there to set an example for our kids. And it's a shame we're living in a country where we got parents that act more like kids than their kids do. The kids are raising the kids so their parents can go out and drink and live it up. Babysitters, they have extra kids that can have the babysitters. You stay home, we're going to go live it up. Man, as parents, we should be setting the example. And this father did. This father kept the house. He kept it ready. He said, hey, I'm waiting for you to come on home. I see this at this church all the time. And I know, we, we, I know we're way out in the boondocks. I know no, nobody lives right here, rarely. Brother Adams does sometimes, living right down there, brother. But everybody lives far off. But I've been at this church for 16 years. I've been up here where people don't show up for like seven years. And then they show through the door and so, say, hey, Brother Kiggin. He's like, well, I hadn't seen you in a while. Yeah, i just been living up. Just, you have a good time, man. Life's good. Life's good. Yes, sir, it was good to see you again. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, well, how'd you know I was going to be here? Well, I just know you, Brother Kiggin. I knew you'd be here. How do you know that? How do you know we didn't say, hey, well, you know what? We don't have anybody coming. Let's just shut this thing down. Let's go on home. Praise God y'all don't think that way, Amen. Praise God that y'all are faithful to the Lord, faithful to the church, faithful to do those things that are right, so when somebody gets ready to come on home, there'll be a home to come home to. Praise God. Y'all be faithful. Y'all's faithfulness, God is going to reward that more than y'all realize. I'm here to tell you. I know, you know, some, some Sundays you get up and go, I have a headache, but I guess I'll go ahead and go on to church. And you try to be faithful, try to do those things. It, you know, it, it's hard to be faithful. 
But God, it will reward you in the end, brothers and sisters. God, you'll get to see the miracles. You'll get to see the wonders. You'll get to see people's lives changed. And you're going to get to see it because you were faithful to what the Lord had called you to do. And sometimes what that is, it's just having a home for people to come home to. And I praise God that our God is never changing. This is the same God since Jesus Christ came out of that grave for 2,000 years and said, come on home. Come and dine. Come with me. Come on. Come. There's a family waiting for you. There's a mansion up in heaven. That's 2,000 years of that message. And it's never changed. We got the same father that loves the way he loved 2,000 years ago. His love will never change. Praise God. Jesus now forever. Yesterday and forever. Amen. And the son, verse 21, and the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and in thy sight am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, see, he wouldn't let him get the rest of it out. See, his son had all this in his mind. Remember, we read that. He's going to say that. Then he's going to say, I'm, no worth, I want to, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I'm going to, I'm going to, I just want you. And, 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 he, and he's going to go get all this stuff out. And then he's going to, but he wouldn't, the father stops him. He says, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. A good father takes care of his kids. And we got a good father in the Lord God. We got up here last Wednesday night. We got to looking at the Bible. And we got to looking at what the Bible had to say. We started kind of, kind of giving a testimony. And you got to think, I got to thinking about it up here. And I got to looking at it. I was like, man, why is God so good to me? I don't understand. I'm not good to him. He's so good to me. I'm such a spoiled child of God. My cup runneth over. Man, God's just good. And the only thing I tell you, he's just good. He just, that's just God. He's just a good father. And he gives him not just a robe, he gives him the best robe. See that? Bring forth the best robe. That robe is like the robe of righteousness that's given to us in Jesus Christ. The father always provides for the son. The father always provides for the son. And put on him and put a ring on his hand, that ring is a sign of sonship. They would give a ring that they'd put on their finger, and that ring, they, they're part of the family. See, that ring represents, you're not a servant, son. You're a son. You're a, put that ring on. You belong to us. You're part of that. You're part of us. You're part of the family. So he put that ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. He provides for him. Jesus Christ, it amazed me when I started studying the Gospels again, and I never noticed it before, but I was studying the Gospel of Luke as we're going through it in Sunday school. It amazed me to find out how many times the Lord said, what are you worried about? God's going to take care of you. Stop worrying. Don't be afraid of things. God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of you. And it kind of reminded me, when we were kids, did we run around when we were little kids wondering if the water bill was going to get paid, if the electricity bill was going to get paid, if there was going to be food on the table? No, we ran around and had a good time, and hey, lunch is ready, supper's ready, we'd run on home, eat, we didn't care, we didn't know how it got paid, how it got provided, who cooked it, we just ate it and we took off again. That's how God wants us to be. We're little children to God. Come on in here, I'll provide for you. Don't you worry about those things. I'll provide your shoes, your clothes. We serve a good God. He's a good father, and a good father does that. And we got a lot of good fathers in here, underneath this roof right here. I can see you kids, none of y'all are in here without shoes or anything like that. Amen? Y'all got clothes on. Y'all got phones. And bring hither, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. 
Let's have a good time. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be married. He's living it up. Enjoying the son coming back. The Bible says that when a sinner repents, there's the angels sing up in glory. Over one sinner repenteth. The angels are singing and glorifying up into heaven over one sinner repenting. That's what Jesus Christ said. Man, when we get up into heaven, there's, there's no telling what that's saying. When we get up into heaven, there's going to be a lot of shouting going on. The way the Bible describes it, a lot of shouting, a lot of hollering, a lot of amening, a lot of hallelujahing. It's going to be great. A lot of singing, it's going to be wonderful. Just like that. Man, we get home, it's going to be married. There's going to be a lot of people. We're going to, it, it, the Bible says, at one point, that Christ himself is going to clothe himself and come out and feed us. Can you imagine that? Man. But there's a problem here. Verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field, the oldest. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked, What these things meant? What's going on at the house? And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And the brother, he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. His father came out and entreated him. See, verse 28 shows you that God, the Father, goes the extra mile to make things right. See, he didn't say, hey, your son's outside, your older son's outside, and he's mad and everything, and the dad didn't say, well, he can get glad in the same pants he got mad in. You ever heard that before? Yeah, I got told that a lot. He can get glad in the same pants he got mad in, he'll get over it, let's keep on. No, he says, my other son's hurting, I'm going to go out there and check on him. That's what it says, isn't it? They were joint, they were having a good time, they were eating, they were dancing, there, there was music, everything was going great. And it says, verse 28, therefore came his father out and entreated him. Father goes the extra mile to make things right. A good father goes the extra mile to make things right. You see this book right here? This book is not about 99 found sheep, it's about the one that's lost. It's about God the Father walking through the garden saying, Adam, where are you? Adam, Adam, where are you? That father went out to find a son that wasn't happy and angry. He come out and he says, hey, I, I want you to be okay. What's wrong with you? Why are you upset? What's wrong with you? He, he, cares, he, he cares about him. And he says in verse 29, he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. You never, did, you never partied like this for me. <laughs> you never killed the fatty calf for me and I'm doing all this stuff. I stayed home. I'm not the one that went out spending my money on whores. Isn't that what he says? But verse 30, but as soon as thy son this was come which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatty calf. Man, he's out there living, spending all your money, wasting it away, and here he comes. And this is what, how you, you're going to treat him. See, the only one that's wrong in this story is the older son. <laughs> we have somebody who was wrong but got right and repented. We have the father that's shown us how to be a good father and what God is like towards us. And then you have the older son that had been living everything right on the outside. Amen? 
He stayed with his father. He did what his father asked. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't go living with harlots. He didn't openly sin. He was doing everything physically right on the outside. But there was one problem with the older son. He had a problem on the inside with his heart. His heart's not right. So the father says, verse 31, And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. See, he tells that son, he says, hey, everything I have is yours. See, the great truth of this story of the prodigal son is the younger son that went off and wasted his inheritance. Yeah, he came back to the house. Yeah, there was a celebration. Yes, he's still part of the family, but he lost his inheritance. So when we, and this exact, the same example is you'll find up in, uh, with, with heaven. There's Christians that are not doing anything for the Lord. They're saved. They're part of the family of God. They're not doing anything for the Lord. They're losing their inheritance. We're going to get up into heaven, and God's going to give us this great inheritance, and there'll be some people that won't get any inheritance, the Bible says. There'll be some people get a, a little bit of inheritance. Some get a lot of inheritance. But it's all about the work we're doing down here. And that's what he's saying. He said, hey, you got all that I have is yours. But the most important thing in life is found in verse 32. And we should never, ever forget it. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. The most important thing in life is fellowship, is relationships. So we go through this life, and we just studied this in Sunday school, that the world teaches us, you know, get more, get more, get more, get richer, 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 more cars, better cars, bigger houses, bigger lands, more, 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 more. And the Lord will tell you, and the Bible tells us, and I'm here to tell you, being here for 50-something-odd years in this world, life is not about getting more. Life is about friendships and fellowships and relationships. Because that dad, he had all that land. He had his other son. Everything was going good. No, it wasn't. What was wrong with him? His son was lost. The son he loved was out living it up and dying. He was dead. He, we should be married for this. Thy brother was dead. He said, I've been crying every night. I've been praying every night. I've been begging God to bring him home. I've been begging God for him to get right. And finally he is. Praise God, we should be merry. And the other brother can only think, well, he wasted all your money. Life's not about money. This father would have gave all he had to have his son come back home. You get it? This father would have gave all his land away, gave all his lambs away, gave all his sheep away, gave all his goats away, gave everything away just to have his son come back home. God says, I'll give all my life away. I'll give all my blood away just so you, so you can come back home. And he did it on the cross. Be merry. You're saved. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God gave it all away on the cross so you would have a way to come on home. That's how important it is to God. It isn't about riches. It isn't about lands. Or, it's about fellowship and relationships. It starts here on this earth with your family, with your co-workers, with your friends. But brothers and sisters, more importantly, it's right there with God. Is your relationship right with God? 
Because I'm here to tell you, if you're not right with God this morning, you're breaking His heart. He's looking for you. He's looking down the road for you to come. And as soon as He sees you make that, He's going to run to you. He's going to grab you. And you're going to find more love than you ever thought you could dream of. I did. I grew up in church. I grew up being brought to church. I grew up living. And I went out living like the devil. And when I finally got right and I finally got saved, God met me down there and he showed me more love than I could ever dream of. And I became his son. He said, I'm your father. And man, I'm telling you, God is the best father a man could ever have. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for these people that love you. Thank you for these good fathers underneath the sound of my voice, Lord, that love you and they try to do what's right, Lord. Give them wisdom, give them strength, give them through the Holy Spirit grace to do it, Lord. Father, I do thank you, Father, for these children, Lord God, that are trying to live right by you, Lord God, in this wicked, uh, horrible world, Lord God. I pray you bless them, Lord God. I pray you give them grace and strength and wisdom, Lord God. I pray a hedge of protection around every young man, every young woman in this church, Lord God, that the devil wouldn't come and place something in their heart, Lord God, or take the word out of their heart, Lord. I pray, Lord, that they'd have the wisdom you give them to recognize the right way to live, Lord God, that life's not about getting rich, but it's about friendships and fellowships and relationships, especially with you, Father. Lord, I thank you that you want to have a relationship with us. I thank you that you allow us to call you Father. Lord, I thank you for all these blessings that we take advantage of, Lord. And above all else, Lord, I want to thank you for this church, Lord, and the faithfulness of these people at this church, Lord God, that help and keep the doors open. So when somebody's ready to come on home, Lord God, there'll be a home to come home to. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a savior right now. 
The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ, because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.